It's This Week in Sleeves with your hosts, the great lord Joshua Regal and Sleazy K. This podcast has been rated Category 3. No one under 18 may be permitted. Let's talk some fooling! No. That's not it. Oh, I got it, I got it. Let's talk some junging! No. Well, that's kind of true for this episode, but, uh, 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 but, but, oh, I got it, got it, got it. Let's talk fucking that happened for real once again. We got another pair of movies made about the same crime that came out the same year, but this is a twist. They came out, came out on the same day in 2001, and uh, and uh, mid, uh, mid-ranting here, I'm just going to check the, the, the day here. 1st of May on 2001, and uh, this was Human Pork Chop, and... There is a secret in my soup. Exploitation productions running towards the finishing line in an era that wasn't exactly filled with these kind of depictions like you had in 1992, 1993. But in 2001, a bit of a race occurred when it was rumored that this true story, grim story, was going into production for depiction. And it resulted in human pork chop and there is a secret in my soup. And we'll give you the grisly details as we move along. Uh, uh, this was originally planned as a bonus episode to coincide with this week is least 21. This is 22. And we did Remains of a Woman and Legal Innocence on that prior episode. But we thought we'd chuck pork chop and soup mix into the tidy whitey theater. So so grab a seat. Uh, one of the comfortable ones, uh, the great Lord Joshua Regals and uh, Regal. And we'll do a sleazy double bill in our precious, smelly venue. Oh, I'm very comfy. I'm in my undies. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to I've eat some pork chops and some soups. I've actually um, I've installed springs in every one of the seats. <laughs> they might come from actually from no, not necessarily from underneath. They might come from above or from the side. What? There's a big old uh, like saw contraption I've built <laughs> now in this uh, in this field. Jigsaw up in this mug. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that was a great Lord Joshua Regal and I am Lisa K and we're gonna gonna. Gonna chop through this uh, human pork. Chop through this uh, soup of a double bill. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's what I did. <laughs> no, but I like it. Alrighty. Uh, contact information before this is this weekend's list on the podcast on fire network. Podcastonfire.com is the site where the show is. All the other shows and the bonus episodes and whenever we do. Uh, these uh, episodes that this was uh, meant to be one, we call the boner episodes, and because uh, that's what they are. It we, never ceases to make me laugh. It, it, it actually is funny, you know. Make a make a you know every time Monty Python have their uh, opening sequence when the food comes down and there's a mm-hmm. fart noise, you know, a raspberry. So that yes. is like <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, you can also contact us uh, at podcastonfire@googlemail.com if you have any feedback. We're also active on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash. POF Network is the, uh, is the page we, which you can click and like and interact with us on, but most of the interaction goes on over at the Facebook group. The link to the group is on the page that I just said, but you can reach it probably a lot more easier if you type in Podcast on Fire Network in the Facebook search box. Request to be added and uh, welcome in to chat about movies, uh, last movies watched, and uh, to see uh, show updates and see obviously show announcements and things of that nature. All very classy. Very classy. 
indeed uh, twitter.com forward slash podcast on fire is our twitter account so join us and uh, I do writing off movies like this category, category free movies but also Taiwanese black movies and ninja exploitation or cut and paste movies in general over at sogoodreviews.com and sleazykvideo.com because I, I say ninja exploitation but I've also ventured into the film arc stuff that are cut and paste but they feature not the ninja genre necessarily but the hopping vampires and kung fu and uh, and maybe some ninja in there as well so uh, the film arc stuff was a lot more fun robo vampire is an example of that mm. uh, the masterpiece robo vampire the, the masterpiece master master <laughs> Robo Vampire is a lot more fun because you know you you've seen a fair a, a few IFD movies and you know for a fact that there's about ten minutes of the Richard Harrison stuff in there and the rest mm-hmm. is the other Asian movie that they picked up. Robo Vampire is the reverse actually. About seventy percent of the stuff is what Filmark shot. They're hoping right. vampire stuff and the and, and the Robo Warrior and their own plot. And it's actually very well edited versus the Thai movie that it's um, which is the source movie. Really good Some- stuff. Some movies I'm ashamed that I haven't seen, and that's one of them. Stuff like that, like Kung Fu Zombie and things like that. Oh, Robo Vampire over Kung Fu Zombie any day. Any day? Absolutely. I mean, Kung Fu Zombie is fun because it's so cranked. You know, it seems like it moves Mm -hmm. so fast, but they designed it to be a very cranked time. Uh, which is fun, you know. It's it's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But I have a lot more fun with Robo Vampire and. uh, no, don't watch it on YouTube because uh, there's no scope version on YouTube. Because I guarantee you, the widescreen, uh, the widescreen aspect ratio for Robo Vampire makes all the difference in the world. Really? So, so I, and I do have that from the Japanese VHS release of the film. So, so I'll set you up with that. Uh, uh, and I probably said slitikavideo.com, and I'll say it again. This is where I do little mini reviews of my main reviews that I post bi-weekly. And follow me on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash so good reviews. You can subscribe to This Week is Lisa on iTunes, and a lot of you people do, so thank you for downloading us into your device and uh, and, uh, smearing podcast feces all over your device. (laughs) Oh, that's pleasant. Well, uh, I I believe in our show, that's why I say what I do. (laughs) Uh, But (laughs) thank you for downloading and listening to us, and if you like the show, please leave a little star rating on iTunes and even a written comment, a sentence or two if you like the show, or even dislike it. Uh, Just just be nice about it, and uh, we can have a convo. Yeah, just... Uh, but you can also subscribe to us not not subscribe but you can stream us on Stitcher the application available uh, you, you can do it online of course but the application is uh, more smooth to have on your phone your iPhone or your iPad or Android or Blackberry and once you're in Stitcher you can type in Podcast on Fire Network and add us to your favorites list and uh, we thank you for your support on that buy some t-shirts god damn it at, <laughs> at, shel- at shelf <laughs> That came from nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) You sons of bitches. It's Saturday. I'm frustrated. (laughs) Buy some t-shirts. God damn it. I don't like this world. (laughs) There's riots in Egypt and starvation everywhere. So buy some t-shirts. God damn it. From shelf life. You're holding off on buying these t-shirts. You son of a bitch. Uh, shelflifeclothing.com Brian Kirby who designed uh, co-designed our intro and outro for this show and he has been very helpful to the Podcast on Fire Network has a lot of t-shirts over there and uh, cool designs and uh, you can buy posters and skate decks and uh, belt, belt buckles I believe so shelflifeclothing.com hit him up and uh, 
plug your endeavors. Uh, you you have a site. You're on Facebook and you're on Twitter, Joshua. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Since <laughs> well, who put me on you? there? <laughs> I tweeted no, uh, you today. So who did I tweet? That's my fault. Yeah, that was me. I saw I got an email about it, but I never check it. So, but uh, yeah, VariedCellulite.net is my home base. Uh, that's where I do all my reviews and stuff like that for the most part. Uh, currently. Just have a couple of like uh, Roman porno flicks that I'm gonna review, and what also a, a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> no, in short, because I I noticed these titles, but uh, one I noticed a lot more uh, when you said you bought it and stuff like that was uh, uh, the masterpiece. I love it from behind. Yes, uh, I assume it was a masterpiece, but uh, now that I think of it, you didn't give it. Uh, a masterpiece uh, grade or anything. So. No, man. I, you know, I had high, high hopes for I Love It From Behind! exclamation point, but <laughs> it just didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, you know, I guess. It wasn't quite as sleazy as I expected, but... Um, well, no, it was one of the 60, 70 minutes of your life, not wasted, oh, really. That's what I love about it, you know, especially I'm so limited on time. The Roman porno genre, you can just throw on a movie and you're like, well, you know, all I'm killing is an hour. You know, that's it. About an hour and ten minutes at most, or seventeen minutes, or something like that. At very, you know, the highest I've probably seen. So it's like you're not killing all your time. You're just sitting there, kind of just killing time. I don't know. But uh, I love it from behind. Was like more of a comedy, and uh, what, were you surprised about that fact? <laughs> I mean, what were you expecting? Like it's a social commentary about the economic crisis in Japan at the you, time. You need to be surprised. Uh, with a lot of the stuff that's in the Roman porno genre, but um, she fucks a lot. But that was a movie about the Holocaust. That, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, jeez! I just reviewed uh, Fairy in a Cage, and that one's about you know class, uh, classism, and stuff like that in post World War Two Japan. But anyway, um, yeah, I love it from behind. It was like this comedy and was kind of uneven, and just I don't know, it, it didn't do much for me. And then then there's very little anal fetishism, which I totally expected. Like, oh, this is going to be all about, you know, booty sex. But it uh, didn't turn out to be the case. It was really the only only people being penetrated from behind in that movie were the dudes. It was like, uh, wow. this girl starts kidnapping guys, which is a nice change of pace, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, in an exploitation genre. Right? That's right. All... It's, it's kind of funny, like... Pretty sure, like, don't hold me to this. You know, I'm going off of memory here, but I'm pretty sure the only people raped in the movie are the men, right. which is that's a good, good change of pace, you know. And the guys are, you know, getting uh, anally probed with uh, whatever the girls find on hand, mostly dildos and stuff like that. You know, on on on, we will encounter that theme in this our second review. Actually, you know, anything I have, you know, you can. Have sexual games with so uh, so there you go you make a connection to to Hong Kong okay. cinema uh, so veritcelluloid.net are you on Facebook as well sir veritcelluloid's on Facebook and also uh, recently I wrote a couple of reviews for V Cinema at vcinemashow.com for the uh, New York Asian Film Festival covered Johnny Toe's Drug War and um, Confession of Murder mm. uh, South Korean thriller. And uh, yeah, both were movies that I enjoyed quite a bit. Excellent, excellent. Check that out. We're taking a we're taking a short musical break, and then it's human pork chop time here at the Tidal <laughs> Way Theater. Uh, 
and we're gonna be watching human pork chop as well. <laughs> 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 All right, I I I like myself too much <laughs> to make stupid jokes. <laughs> That made me tickle, you know, that that tickled me, that's, that's all that matters, screw you guys. Uh, so, so let's uh, do a musical break. Welcome back, and the first review of this title where the field especially is Human Pork Chop from 2001, based on true life, unfortunately. A plot from the review by White Dragon on HKMDB. This one chronicles the last few months, uh, or primarily days, of embattled, low-rent prostitute and junkie Grace Lee, played by Emily Kwan from The Untold Story, the uh, female cop that they make fun of in, in The Untold Story, that she looks too much like a boy, and stuff like that. Uh, she's introduced to pimp brother Hawk, played by Wayne Lai, who people might have seen as the co-lead in Intrude, the guy that Wu Qianlian puts in a wheelchair and tortures in Intruder. Uh, she uh, gets introduced by to him by her friend uh, Jiggy, and Grace winds up stealing both money and drugs from him after a short while, provoking payback that is brutally sadistic and ultimately fatal. Over a period of um, a few days, Grace is drugged, beaten, forced to eat feces, burnt, abused, and humiliated before ODing and ending up with her boiled skull stuffed inside a Hello Kitty doll. And, and How I'm, pleasant! Yeah, and wow. I'm saying, and and I'm saying this like it, it is the entire movie, but uh, we are going to tell you what happened with you know in terms of the crime and stuff like that, and mm -hmm. therefore you know spoilers are unavoidable. And, uh, so I suppose you knew that from the beginning, but if you didn't, I mean the movie opens this way, you know that they find a body, and you know pretty much that it's hers. So I mean, it's, uh, if you lived in Hong Kong, you know at this time I'm sure this you know everybody who walked in the theater if anybody walked in the theater a knew few, yeah, a few did I saw uh, they, they had equal box office takes but it, it's not much but half a million Hong Kong dollars uh, and um, there's, there's a secret in my soup and about 100,000 more than that so I mean a few did It's uh, but uh, not a box office smash or anything you're telling me that there's a secret in my soup made more? Yeah, uh, uh, based on, they apparently, I don't know if this is true, but the, the dates that are, are on HKMDB suggest that they played for the same amount of uh, days as well. And I said May the 1st, by the way, it's actually uh, January, I wrote, uh, at the beginning of January it opened in 2001, uh, because I, I read the dates wrong. But uh, So I'm, I'm not trusting the, the actual um, uh, amount of days that uh, they played. It would have been so great that they if they opened on the same day and they were gone <laughs> on the same day as well, but uh, whatever. Uh, not a box office hero, which would have been ironic as well if, if one had been like a 10 million runaway Hong Kong you know, Hong Kong hit, and one would have been like 1,000 Hong Kong dollars. 
so as you said, people knew about this crime because it was um, officially known. You know, the papers caught on to it. It was not a secret investigation or anything, and it's based on what's referred to, at least online, as the Hello Kitty murder. And uh, I mean, it's, it's it's suitable, I suppose. Uh, it refers to a case of uh, midnight club hostess Fun Man Yi being kidnapped by three men and tortured in an apartment in Sim Cha Choi in 1999. Dying later of either an overdose or at the hands of her abductors who tortured her daily. She was decapitated and cut up and her head was put in a Hello Kitty doll. Or her skull. I mean, by then they had boiled her head actually. So it was the skull that they found. And the subsequent discovery by the police uh, un unveiled and uncovered all of this. Most of her body parts were discarded and only, uh, only her skull obviously was uh, left at the scene and one tooth and some internal organs were eventually recovered. Uh, the murder was uncovered um, after the 14-year-old girlfriend of one of the men who were all in their 20s and 30s uh, went to the police after claiming she was having dreams of being haunted by the ghost of Fan. And it eventually became quite a sensation in the media because of the gruesome nature to the crime. And the three men were convicted of manslaughter and unlawful imprisonment, not murder, because they couldn't prove that. Um, because the remains were scattered, but uh, they did get life imprisonment and obviously they have a trio remains uh, behind bars uh, today. And this was publicity that trickled down to the movie industry and therefore we get cheap exploitation movies cheap, made about uh, the cheap crime. Cheap exploitation, yes. Uh, on a small side note, director Benny Chan Chi Chun is not the same Benny Chan of New Police Story, Gen X Corps, Shaolin fame, and what have you. Oh. Uh, he, he's just the same English name, but a very infrequent director, more of a producer, whose only other movie is the rather sweet and underrated comedy Feel It, Say It from 2006, starring Eric Cott and Candy Lowe. Talk about contrast. <laughs> <laughs> And, and uh, you know, I I I, I can and they, you know reveal this already. I think both movies that he directed were rather good. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, he's not a frequent producer uh, either. As such, it's uh, one of those like came and went and did rather well the, the two times he did movies. Uh, I mean, uh, feel it say it is a pretty wacky comedy, but also has a lot of uh, a lot of heart and some good scenes with just Eric Cotton and Candy Lowe uh, as they. You know their fondness for each other increases. I, I remember those things being really, really good, and I, I, I like when, 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 when actors are really good and and uh, is backed up by a script. Then the direction don't need to be complicated. It's just uh, enjoyous, uh, enjoyable to watch actors uh, interact on screen. Mm -hmm. You know, just place them in the frame. That, that that's fine too. Uh, so that's the background. Let's move over to the review. So Joshua, what did you think of Human Pork Chop? 2001's masterpiece, Human Pork Chop. It is a masterpiece. Human Pork. Human Pork. Human Pork Chop. Um, I don't know, uh, you know, watching it or whatever, you know, I'd, I'd, I've heard of the film and stuff like that. I heard of it actually a lot back in the day when I was doing, like, initial, like, searching out Category 3 shockers and stuff like that. Because this is, like... When it comes to Category 3, this sort of stuff is, like, usually what I'm drawn to, the real-life murder cases, the really shocking and exploitative stuff. But, mm -hmm. um, and Human Porkchop, you know, for years I think I bypassed it because I think I thought it was, like, a, um, some kind of, like, rip-off of, uh, The Untold Story or something like mm -hmm. that. I, that's what I had it in my mind as. 
Well, well, well to interrupt you there, I, I think uh, the, the wonderful rip-off in a movie we will cover eventually of the untold story is something in English that is called, get this, the unpublicizable file. <laughs> 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 like the, the most desperate oh. English title ever. We can't call it untold story, we can't call it the, the not told uh, <laughs> tale. Told. We'll call it the unpublicizable file. <laughs> the not told tale would be even more funny. <laughs> I wish. But we should have done so, that in bloody buns. It's like a, a little double duo thing. The, the, the unpublicizable file is actually not that bad. Really? It's, uh, I, I like it. It has its moments. Also. Bad comedy? Uh, I think so. Somewhere in there. <laughs> it was uh, Robin Austin as well, you know, where it counted. So it's all good. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, yeah, I thought this was going to be like that. I, th- I thought this would be like bloody buns, basically. But uh, in all actuality, it's it's vastly different. I would say a bit more unhinged in a lot of ways. I think that it's uh, a darker tale and uh, even more grisly, you know, mm-hmm. and it certainly, to me, is a little bit harder of a watch, you know, whereas oh, yeah. Untold Story, you know, you get the constant, you know, comedy popping up and everything like that, and there are some really brutal things to watch in that film as well, but this is just like, after that probably 30-minute mark or so, it just goes into this depression, this valley of like darkness, and you just sit there and you go through it with the with our lead character, with Emily Kwan, and there's no, uh, there are no angelic fi- figures in this film. It's all just kind of gritty. Yeah, it, it ended badly. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it ended badly on this. So, uh, uh, so we'll we'll stop you right there, and I'll give you my uh, brief opinion. And now, uh, for for a cheapy making. Yeah, a cheapy production making exploitation of uh, crimes. You know, it, it, it came during an era where that one was not fashionable anymore, and perhaps that was a rare creative gear being engaged in a Hong Kong filmmaker. Therefore, that there's no pressure anymore there to make something trendy, and therefore not make it funny at the same time, and it's and therefore push as much as you want and can, and, uh, and you know. Not a lot can, you know. Benny Chan, this director, delivers this story as hard as you can imagine, based on the detail, based on the details in the crime uh, that we are going to talk about a lot more. Really admirable that uh, it's as is as effective as it is. Um, and uh, in comparison to "There Is a Secret in My Soup," you realize how much of a talent Benny Chan right. is displaying here. And, and 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 still, it's actual talent. It's not uh, crap, but it's not crap compared to "There Is a Secret in My Soup." You know, I, I think he's an actual talented director based on this. I think you know, uh, you try not to. You don't want you know your review to come down to just like you know, well, this movie did it better and everything like that. But in situations like this. It, you know, especially when we do uh, there's a secret in my soup, it's gonna be hard not to sit there and just compare the two because mm. this movie seems to do everything right, where you know, and everything feels organic, and then you go to there's a secret in my soup, and it really comes off as that like a rush to the theater, it's quick, it. quick, mm. and this might have been rushed in a way. Also, I'm, I'm then again, I'm not too sure about that because I saw a 2000 copyright on the print, so. Um, so I don't know. Maybe um, they they just wanted to. Uh, they, they they knew of each other, Canada Productions, and then they thought like, well, our our movie's really good, but their movie's coming out soon. Well, just release the goddamn thing, you know. Just finish it up, and phew, we made it. You know, when Soup was released as well. Maybe it happened that way, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you 
you mentioned before that you kind of saw um, so so it's fit to kind of compare to other movies, uh, other similar movies and predicaments, if you will. So, uh, was there anything that popped up in your head when watching Human Pork Chop Asian or otherwise? You know, it, it, it's bizarre to like think about like the story and everything like that. It's very similar to like a, a couple of other films and a couple of other true life murder cases, but um, the most famous is probably going to be like the case of uh, what is her name, Sil- Sylvia Likens. It was this girl who was uh, dropped off at a woman's house in order to be watched. It was like in the 1950s here in America. And um, the story was made famous by, like, they had a film came out called The Girl Next Door. And it was another movie based on it. I forget what it was called. But uh, Girl Next Door is probably the better of the two, I would imagine, based off of uh, Jack Ketchum's novel of the same name. And uh, both of them kind of follow the story you know, the real life story while, you know, embellishing a couple of things. But uh, it was about a girl who was dropped off with this woman while her family was, I don't know, on vacation or something like that. And basically it's the same type of deal. You got one person who becomes just uh, a a character to be bullied on by everybody else, you know, and just humiliated. You know, in real life the girl had, like, you know, they forced her, of course, to do things like, you know, urinate on herself and et cetera. And this is like a schoolgirl, and all the people around her were like school kids plus mm. some older lady named Gertrude and everything like that. And she had to shove a Coke bottle up or you know what and yada, yada, yada. Uh, yeah, it, it was pretty brutal. And um, she was eventually beaten so bad that uh, – and just basically starved to death and everything. She was killed and like – Lady Gertrude tried to get away with it, but uh, Sylvia Likens' sister came forward and, uh, you know, thankfully put her in jail and everything. Then there was that, and then there's another uh, Japanese film called, uh, was it, uh, Concrete Encased High School Girl Murder Case. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> From, like, well, I, I know what that's about. <laughs> I think they made another one. Um, two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. Part two. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jake from um, Podcast Without Honor actually pointed it out for me. Uh, I think it's called Concrete or something like that. It's from like 2004. But the one I knew was from 1995, and it was directed by uh, Katsuya Matsumura. Matsumura, my bad. And uh, he was the guy who made the All Night Long trilogy. And um, mm. actually, there's like six of those movies now, I think. But uh, yeah, he was like a he's a director who you know specialized in shock movies and. This was one of those things where it was a real-life murder of a girl, uh, what's her name, Junko Furuta, something like that, and she uh, was kidnapped by a group of boys at her school, and it's basically like the same type of thing, somebody taken to their house and, you know, bullied on and beat on until they died, and uh, this girl happened to be, afterwards, they didn't put her in a Hello Kitty doll, they put her in a, 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 a barrel of cement and tried mm-hmm. to sink her to the bottom of the sea, I think. And uh, that one's another, you know, very unpleasant film. And uh, the true story... A shot on uh, video, Ben Jones? Yeah, I believe so. You know, okay. at least the copy I saw was, like, from a VHS tape, and it had that uh, really grainy, really horrible mix of colors and everything like that. Right. And then I think the film was shot on video, too, so it's just, like, it looks like something... 
Like, <laughs> you'd expect, like, those first generations of, like, uh, the guinea pig series or something to look mm. like, just like, uh, you know, a snuff film or something like that. It looked like that when I first saw it. It's just... But, but it's more traditional narrative, though. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, compared to guinea pig, that, that's nothing that's, really in terms no of narrative. narrative. <laughs> yeah. No. And, uh, yeah, it's more of a documentary style, I guess you could say, a little bit. I mean, I mean, it's very obvious that film, but, like... Uh, it's just the facts of the case, you know. The mm-hmm. uh, girl getting beat up and, you know, beat down throughout the movie, and then, yeah, it ends cement. Boom. That's it. Did they catch these guys? Yeah, oh, yeah. They all, all uh, okay. Same type of deal. They all end up serving prison sentences. And uh, I think I read the true story on, like, uh, Crime Library or something like that, mm. which uh, is always a great site for this sort of stuff. Some factual stuff, uh, however hard it, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, is to read, I suppose. So. And 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 you know, you um, thankfully neither of the movies to, today uh, do feature comedy, as we said, and therefore you kind of are you, you're immersed and you're 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 immersed as a human, I suppose, as well into this very tragic uh, fate uh, because it, it is really tragic. And uh, the way the movie opens is uh, quite common, though, because. Uh, um, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like Hong Kong movies need to do this just to uh, make sure they're uh, politically politically correct or just uh, tune humans, I suppose, by showing the rest and uh, the discovery of everything. And uh, so we know that evil definitely will not walk uh, anytime soon, you know. Uh, and uh, so, so the, the cops come in, and 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 Benny Chan really shows confidence from the beginning here because as fast as this movie might have been I think the movie's style is very cool and effective uh, not only lit in blue but also grainy and and, and and the whole direction of the shots in that real apartment because I don't think that's a set uh, they, they've obviously dirted up the apartment I suppose but uh, it's not a studio set I think the feel is very alluring uh, uh, you know that that's really hell Mm-hmm. That that they walk into it feels like hell, and we're gonna feel and experience that hell quite quite effectively. I thought that, that was very admirably done. You know, it, it, there's some thought to this um, frame, and uh, and this Hong Kong feel, even though this is 2001, is obviously very rare today. Uh, being a very a mainland influenced Hong Kong cinema nowadays, we only get glimpses of the Hong Kong feel. You know, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's category free or not. Uh, uh, and you know the, the cinema, cinematography is pretty good. The lighting is very good, and and uh, I I just love that this came out when it did. You know, past the heyday, and therefore kind of allowed itself, as opposed to just push. You know, make this a nightmare to watch. And you know, to be truth, to be truth, truth, truthfully, it is pretty much a nightmare to watch, and you you feel it. You know. Yeah. Uh, so was that something you you kind of picked up on that did, this movie has you know a fair amount of style you know it's fought out direction it's not point and shoot like the fucking soup movies you know it's uh, you know it's uh, lit properly and directed properly because you don't point and shoot and get this effect automatically very you know? much and then you know I mean it's a even yeah you know, it's a conflicted film like you know the character of Grace and everything like that's not exactly a you know a perfect hero or anything like that no but, no no but you know, this is a film that, like, it focuses on these characters, and it becomes much more realistic because of that, you know? Because of, you know, okay, well, we're not going to tell you just a, you know, tightly wrapped little, here's a bow on top of a script, you know? This is, you know, this is real life, and this is really dirty and grimy. And then, 
you know, as far as like an aesthetic style, yeah, you're, you're completely right. The blue hues of everything, it looks like a 90s film, and that's one of my notes. Like, this is 2001, you know? Cause, yeah, and it, it might have been even shot partially in 1999, completed in 2000, released <laughs> in 2001. So. There's no telling, yeah. But uh, hmm. in comparison to, like, you know, there's Secret in My Soup, which looks, I don't know, I mean, I guess. Flat. <laughs> it looks very flat. But, but I guess it. It looks like it also was taken better care of, possibly, you know, like the print of it that we watched, you know, mm. between the two films. It looks like a slightly more new, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Mm. Oh, well, this still looks suitable. I mean, the grain is there. It's but, not riddled, riddled with damage. It's right. just, I think it's uh, transferred very well, to be honest, on the Hong Kong DVD. Mm-hmm. But this this looks more stylish. Yes. And it is more stylish, and it's better told, and you know, there's more settings, and you get more out of the characters, and let's just r- rattle off all the th- ways that it's better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, we 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 might have a, might as well segue into Emily Kwan, who I think is uh, excellent in the movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, what a method performance, really. You know, is she? Um, you know, and, and there's no like huge introduction either. We're just introduced to the world. We see her walking in you know, the streets, and uh, she meets her friend, and that Hong Kong street feeling. Even that, um, I'm always weak for it because I like seeing the Hong Kong streets in movies. So whether it's you know moody or just in, in the daytime, you know the market, a market scene or whatever, and people having fun. Uh, but you know, Benny Chan captures that very well as well. Uh, and you know. Emily, I, re- I mean, if you've only seen her in Untold Story, you don't get signs of a great actress or anything. But I think here is like um, a perfect role for her because she's not a. I, I think she's a good-looking woman, but she's not, you know, super glamorous, you know, or the hottest woman in Hong Kong or anything, you know. But that's make that what make makes it work for this role as well. She's more down to earth, uh, you know. She is a prostitute. She has a bit of a ju- uh, drug problem. And uh, and she's worn and kind of everyday looking and dolled up in a fashion that even looks forced on her. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, you know because all prostitutes in real life aren't like Julia Roberts. You know? What? So what? <laughs> Are you kidding uh, me? But but it's not like hair in cheek or anything that she went you know method to that to that uh, extent you know and went all skinny and has you know you know. A junky look or anything, you know. But but I think she, she she's just immersed, pr- you know, pretty perfectly from the get go. And the stuff they do to her, the filmmakers, obviously a lot of it's faked. But she takes a pretty, and not, not a beating, but you know, she takes it in this movie. And I'm not saying that to be funny because what the horrible things that we will mention, uh, because it's unavoidable and it's known. It's not something that actresses do uh, willingly just to be in movies, uh, you know, left and right, not yeah. at all. Uh, so, uh, so, so as you said, it's a lost. Uh, it's a character that isn't that much of an angel. She does steal from the brother Hawk, but uh, obviously she never deserved what she got. Um, so uh, it's uh, so. So we do feel, uh, you know, we do feel sympathy towards her, obviously. And, 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 and it's fun too to have these two movies to compare because you realize many category three movies were thousand percent less than this even in the in the heyday you know? yeah. uh, even the sex movies were they weren't interested in it they just shot a sex movie and <laughs> then went home and released it let's get Charlie, <laughs> you know, Charlie Cho and, and Charlie Cho was in it you know <laughs> and, they, and he was the only one showing he had fun I suppose so uh, so, 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 really, to t- take it in, uh, Joshua, in that regard, and think of, 
that they, they were, those who tried, mm-hmm. they, 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 despite being exploitation or the real life crime, they, they, they should be admired for what they, they brought to the table because it's not automatic, as I said, to, to get this effect uh, through. Yeah. I mean, this film, to me, you know, whereas I guess Secret in My Soup would be more, uh, I'm trying to think of like two films that kind of personify, but this film I would say like what Emily Kwan goes through would be more of something like the original. Uh, Are you going for Texas Chainsaw? No, I'm going for that movie where the girl's raped for 40 minutes. <laughs> I'll spit, it, I'll spit in your grave? Yes, I'll spit on your grave. I'll say Buster Keaton's I knew daughter. It. <laughs> I was, you know, I would say what Emily Kwan goes through is more something similar to that, you know, just... But in a much better film, I would say, than uh, the original um, I'll Spit on Your Grave. And the other film is just, like, fucking... Maybe Last House on the Left, you know? A lot of... It, where that film just didn't seem to have, like, the concentration on the brutality of it, this film does, you know? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Last House on the Left is uh, definitely akin uh, to a nineties Hong Kong movie with uh, interruption with comedy. And yes, and uh, that's why the sequel was um, uh, not 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 sequel, but the remake was uh, more suitable in that regard. Mm-hmm. As they uh, as they uh, went all serious. Um, but w- uh, well, what did you think? Uh, did you think uh, they Benny Chan immersed the viewers into? Because it's primarily set in in, in an apartment, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you think that was immersive um, and as hellish as, it's as it probably as was? Hell, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't it it doesn't seem to take that long to get into the apartment, and then once you're in there, you're just like, Jesus, is this ever going to end? Because it's like a, seems to be an even though I'm sure it's not in retrospect, it does just fill you with that feeling that atmosphere of like just dread like oh god she's stuck in a situation and it seems like it's never going to end and you know there's even though you know there's these small confines I don't know if she's ever going to get out of here and you know eventually she's so browbeaten that and and it's also a brothel I think we mentioned uh, I didn't mention that that he's also running a brothel out of the apartment so she's paying off her debt by uh, by being a prostitute for brother Hawk or trying to at least yeah exactly um but uh, I, I don't. I'm sure you've seen Wayne Lai a fair amount of times. But I, I, I guarantee you, there's people who know of him kind of miss that he's in a lot of movies because he's a strange chameleon of a performer. I, uh, uh, it, I wrote a note like you know I went checking out his films and stuff. I've seen a fair number of them, and I'm like, damn, I don't remember him in any of these movies. Did Did you ever see Intruder? Mm-hmm. Well, no. No, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's a recommendation. It's a the Johnny Toe produced uh, early Milky Way uh, mm-hmm. category three movie. Really good. We ca- covered which it was on, covered um, on podcast on fire. Which I, yes, indeed, during the uh, Milky, Milky Way. Uh, yes, that was it. Um, but he's in Lost Ghost Standing, a really funny Billy Chung horror comedy. I mean, he's, he's he's got glasses and blonde hair, and you know he's hidden. But it's he's he his acting style sometimes makes is so different from movie to movie that you kind of that. Uh, that's Wayne Lai, isn't it? Uh, and you, then you realize by Googling, you know, oh, holy hell, it was. He's in Where a Good Man Goes, another uh, Milky Way movie. He's the kind of triad assistant, if you will, to Lao Ching Wan's character. And although he wears uh. glasses throughout the movie, you're still like, is that Wayne? Uh, that is Wayne Lai, isn't it? So he's a strange chameleon of a performer, uh, but uh, not given uh, as much respect as I'd like. Having said that, he doesn't appear in a lot of big movies either. Mm-hmm. 
but a, a good workhorse and all of that, especially during this time at the end of the 90s. And uh, and to be fair, he's uh, he's effective here. You know, he's calm but can snap at any time, yeah. which is uh, always an effective choice when you can bring that uh, as well. At the character, like when he's first introduced at the in the beginning at the brothel and everything like that, he seems like a completely different character than what he is ultimately becomes. Like, you get the feeling like he's, you know, when the movie first began, I thought, oh, okay, he's going to be, like, some kind of goofy, um, just, like, sexual predator or something like that. I just pictured him as being that, you know, because of the scenes where he's, like, looking, you know, after the girls and everything like that. He just seems like he's going to be a pervert or something like that. But as the film goes along, he's just this dark and powerful, almost crime lord, even though, obviously, he's small time, but, you know, he presents himself that way, and you know, he's very big in this movie, even though, you know, the character it's actually kind of small. That makes sense. Mm. Oh yeah, I, I mean, he is effective. I mean, uh, the, the goofy ones would have been, but they kind of are not. The the two guys he has around him, you Jesus, know, the uh, those guys. and uh, the, there's the, a scene the, the in it. The, yeah, I we'll get to the, it. I mean, it, I mean, it's faked, so it's uh, right. no, uh, it, it's no harm in telling it. But I, I did flinch, and it, mm-hmm. it's a scene, a rare outside uh, scene where the um, the guys are out, the three guys, you know, Brother Hawk and uh, his uh, his companions. What was Samuel Lung's character? Chung YK, and the other one was uh, Joe, uh, young Joe Fai. And Samuel Lung plays Chung, and Yip Sai Wing plays Joe Fai. And I wanted to say that because I think. Those two are really effective, especially Yip, uh, Yip, uh, was it, Sidewing or uh, Yip, yeah, uh, Yip Sidewing. Really chilling stuff, and you know, it starts with that scene where they're outside again, and the two guys go up to a woman, hey, look at your dog, he's cute. What's his name? And the, you know, the poor woman is just like, well, those guys, or thinks, those guys are, I can trust them. Can you look after my dog while I go into 7 Eleven? You know, cut to them taking the dog. Uh, taking it into an alley, putting it into a bag, and again, this is faked, and smashing the bag uh, onto a wall. Yeah. And Wayne lies, Brother Hawk just looks on like it's nothing, you know. Yeah, this, uh, so, yeah. and I flinched at that scene. Uh, I'm a dog lover, and I'd forgotten about that scene. It's like, uh, uh, uh. but but you know, it's effective setting it up that way. Like, oh man, they're not gonna back down from anything. They're not gonna mm-hmm. blink. Yeah. An eyelid, you know, a bad an eyelid, and uh, you know Samuel Lung, I think, compared to Yip Sai Wing, is uh, not as you know uh, chilling. But that other guy, you know, which is not a big actor, just a very small time actor, and didn't do a lot of movie. He is fucking chilling in this movie, uh, Yip Sai Wing, and he doesn't look like he could bring it, but man, did he bring it as well? Yeah, uh, that's especially sequence. that last uh, scene where they cut off the body. You know, you see his eyes like. <laughs> Ooh, chilling. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, did you react at all towards any of their performances while you watched it, or they were just kind of part of the whole? It's part of the whole for me. I mean, just like, there's a total lack of humanity from those three characters, especially as the film goes along. Really, you can count in the girl, which was kind of surprising to me. She was supposed to be 14 years old or what have you. Um, yeah, like, just... No empathy, no sympathy, nothing. These characters just, you know, are all, all out for their own satisfaction, and mm. you know, I'd, and that and that is distressing to watch. It really is, I right? Think. Right. It's just it's, you know, people just being, it's people being dicks. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> just jerks, oh, yeah. man. Pure, pure human evil. And uh, <laughs> Benny Chan conveys that. I mean, that's the big, like, if you don't want to see that in a movie, don't see it. But if you want to see it in a movie and you feel it's done effectively, and you can take it, you know, by all means do see it. Uh, it's nothing, um, you know, it's nothing wrong with exploitation when it's done effectively. It kind of makes you think, I suppose, you, you, you know, you retain your human side for, throughout this uh, as well because you do feel like shit someone went through this this is not fun to watch and it's it's not supposed yeah. to be but but it's not an experience you you know you take on like uh, well, I'll just watch that uh, you know five times a week because <laughs> it's com- comfort viewing you know yeah, it's not uh, yeah. a light kind of aura around it uh, that way uh, well let's talk about the horrible torture that they convey as well you know it's not like they do a lot of it off screen they put Emily Kwan through some heavy duty Gosh. crap in this one heavy duty crap yeah <laughs> but I was kind of unclear on one thing before we talked that uh, that, that, that was not even un- intentional <laughs> so, so but I'll take it uh, I was unclear of if they at one point uh put boiling water in her hair or poured acid into her hair i you know maybe because i assumed it was just water yeah but that's like that was still oh man oh dude uh, and it's pure enslavement you know Mm -hmm. what i mean they're forcing her to watch the drug party and luring her in yeah Uh, kind of like do you want drugs do you want drugs oh yeah like a dog uh, and there's like there's dominance and mental torture and degradation and uh, and you know they, they don't stop at a lot of things they shot a lot of this stuff uh, a lot of it is, is actually cut by the censors but mm-hmm. th- th- there is a scene where uh, Emily Kwan is uh, forced to pee herself just to get a whiff of uh, drugs I suppose right uh, I mean they, they force her to drink uh, like two beers in a row first and then she says oh I gotta go to a toilet well you go here <laughs> Uh, and it's it's um, it's not it's not pleasant to watch at all. But um, it's uh, I distressing is a good grade. It's a lot of, uh, of drug use in this film too. Oh yeah, kind yeah. of a uh, kind of a surprise or what have you. But uh, yeah, lots of I think they're smoking cocaine. I'm not sure exactly what it, it could be heroin for all I know. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, and yeah, they all inhale it through a straw. It seems like to be their way of um, taking drugs, you know, uh, yeah. lighting it from underneath aluminium foil and then inhaling it that way. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, you can talk if you like about like the harshest crap <laughs> in the movie. And, 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 and I'll give you some, some thoughts on, on it as well. I mean, is it, does the movie at one point you think take it too far is this like if you're going to be fair to the crime why not just portray the crime yeah I mean that's kind of my opinion of it I mean it's hard to glance over something that's so horrible you know mm-hmm. I mean you might as well sit there and kind of show it warts and all it doesn't mean you have to sit there and uh, try to present it as something that's entertaining or whatever because it's not it's just this is what happened these are horrible things now granted if it was my family member who had to go through all this of course i would not you know it it would be a hard sell to sit there and say oh yeah present you know all that stuff that she went through but you know you know as far as true crime films go you know this one doesn't hold back and it doesn't uh beat around the bush it shows you you know things as the way it apparently they happened or at least as close I would say as to reality as possible 
and, including um, the um, the uh, crap scene, if you will. So, uh, what do you want to say about that? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy to set up. Um, in the film, there's a sequence where was it Joe or I don't know, one of the guys sat there. And, I think so. Yeah, yeah sat there and um, had uh, a case of the Hershey squirts or Willie. Yeah, there's some hard stuff in there too, and. Um, you know, overloaded the commode and you know couldn't get it to flush, and so they take Emily Kwan and uh, proceed to you know make her eat poop. Well, well she refuses to clean it out. Right, right, right. They, well, they want they, her. To they, eat, they want her to clean it out and eat the poop as it mm. you know to as a way to unclog it. Oh boy, <laughs> and so. Uh, I mean, it's a combination here. This uh, scene is very censored. It's very censored, but a lot uh, of stuff makes it though. Like, I mean, l- sh- close-up shots of the feces in the toilet, namely Quan going to grab one of the turds at one point and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you see a lot, you know, and it's. Main, it's mainly uh, I think they shot the scene where she eats the fake uh, fake turd that stuff is cut and I think there's a scene where a guy uh, the guy runs in Samuel Long's character yes. that he apparently has uh, you know feces on a newspaper maybe they have right. a cat or dog in there or something yeah and, yeah that that threw me off uh, and, and he, he shoves that in her face but you never you see him like it, uh, no. uh, I, I suppose what they shot was Something, uh, you know, uh, um, not her POV uh, as such. You, you just saw they probably shot a piece of paper and they, you know, smeared that in her face, mm-hmm. uh, and then maybe another cut, and then you see various stuff in her face, right. you know, and, and and that is still left all the fucking shit that's in her face. And Emily Kwan, I mean, God bless her. I mean, it, I'm, I'm sure it's like vegetable soup or pea soup or what have you, mm-hmm. but. Man, it's it's just it's it can't have been pleasant to be in the environment either because it's not a clean like you know studio setting or anything. It's uh, it, it seems very real and, and again, God bless her for being this game uh, it, and uh, being part of making uh, you know the effect of now, the movie being. I'll say this work. about her, like whereas you know the other film we're going to talk about, everything seems to be kind of condensed into like a, a small section of the film. Whereas, you know, Emily Kwan, throughout throughout the majority of this movie, it seems as if she's just constantly in a state of abuse, you know. Yeah. Uh, for a reel or two, it's nonstop. Right. You know, I, oh. I, I can swear for like straight 30 minutes, uh, just, you know, fucking with her and fucking okay. her. She's either getting beat in this scene, or she's getting humiliated in some other scene and getting beat, or, you know, it's something like the, the crap scene, you know, or what have you. It's mm-hmm. just uh, nonstop degradation. Throughout the oh, man. and and the, and the dripping game. I mean, the dripping oh, yeah. game is probably harsher than the crap stuff. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Which uh, is want to tell uh, want to tell listeners yeah, about what the dripping, dripping game, is. game. Which this movie sets it up. God, I keep going back to it. I just can't comparing it. But this movie sure. really sets it up well in the fact that you know you see these characters constantly smoking cocaine or heroin or what have you uh, through a straw, and uh, the straws are like a big part of the movie, and uh, in in the story, you know, they they talk about, oh, well, you know, I'd like to play the dripping game, and it turns out dripping game is where they take one of these straws and start to, uh, you know, burn it with a lighter, and then, of course, drip the plastic onto her thighs. 
mm. you know, which of course leaves... a goddamn well done effect. I gotta yeah. tell you, I mean, uh, they they did some excellent makeup when the, the stuff hits. Yeah, the fire looks like it makes welts on her. Yeah, it's crazy. I have no idea yeah. how they did that. No, I, I was thinking like I'm. I'm not sure that it's faked. I, do. I was <laughs> like, like, I wonder if somebody sat there and was like, well, I'll do it for the movie. Hey, intern, yes. get over here. <laughs> One of those Hong Kong stuntmen needed a couple of bucks. <laughs> like, okay, I'll take it. I've been set on fire. This is nothing to me. <laughs> Wax my legs. <laughs> yeah, do, do it. Do yeah. it. I'm, I'm so hard right now. No! <laughs> Wait, hold on, buddy. Uh, but uh, yeah, and later she's peeling, you know, away the blisters and stuff. I mean, they 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 did some excellent makeup effects here. Uh, probably simple, but I I, I saw admired effort uh, by by the crew and, uh, and the things like that. And they, and there is, you know, the emotional center that you find out, which I think is um, a good thing to include. Uh, there's a flashback sequence to um, Emily Kwan's Grace uh, interacting with her grandmother played by Helena Lawlan who uh, viewers have seen in tons of horror movies she always plays the creepy grandma but uh, she she also was um, she got an award for or maybe two for her performance in Wilson Yip's uh, 1999 movie Bullets Over Summer uh, very good uh, Wilson Yip movie way before his Ip, Ip Mondays he did some excellent dramas and uh, she's good in that she plays a Cena an old grandmother that Louis Ku and Francis Um uh, they use her apartment to uh, uh, perform their stakeout and uh, and uh, it's, a, it's an excellent performance so she's in it here but the scene is that uh, it's two parts that uh, she says that I'm pregnant grandma you know and it's happiness and there's a cut as well in here that where I realized, and, and, and it kind of hit me emotionally, that uh, her baby was born, mm-hmm. and now she's stuck in hell, and her baby is without her mother, and um, and she's just lying on the floor, lighting a lighter over, over over and over again, and kind of, I don't know, resigning to fate, I suppose, and thinking like, I'm probably not getting out of this. It's a very you know, depressing thought, yeah. It is very depressing. I was thinking it too, and like, you know, I was like, Jesus, who looked after the kid, you know, and it's... Mm. Very, very unfortunate. And uh, and uh, you know, after all is said and done, uh, we got to talk about this because the other movie um, brings another spin to it. Uh, in this movie, they do uh, decide on the fact that uh, Grace uh, did um, die of an overdose while uh, mm-hmm. while the gang was away on karaoke. At karaoke, she found some drugs, and uh, she. Uh, oh, Robert, w- wasn't it due to them force feeding her drugs? It was and like they left at one point. And uh, she found their stash, and uh, she smoked it up, and uh, they came back, and they were mad. So Hawk takes a, like a, um, I think it's a mothball or like mm. uh, something like that, mothball or some kind of poison, and he crushes it up so it looks like the mm. coke, and uh, yep. he sits there and puts it in a baggie and leaves it on the counter and goes, okay, yeah, let's all go back out again and let this. You know, let her smoke that up, and sure enough, she does, and you know, and and, d- and dies on the kitchen her. floor. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so the, the 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 only thing that both movies are kind of, well, soup I think is less vague on it, but uh, the the fact that these movies are called human pork chop and there's a secret in my soup suggests and I'd forgotten about this that they cooked her, you know, to to get rid of her remains that way, and in. It, it, the cannibal angle is kind of hinted at in Human Pork Chop, but, yeah. I, but it's hinted at a lot fucking more in 
in soup. Yeah. They, they even uh, bring in that drug addict to uh, kind of taste the soup, and they and, and they cook her, you know. And obviously, they in this movie, they the head is only left in the apartment because they haven't gotten rid of the head, and they stuff it into a, a Hello Kitty doll. And uh, what you will hear us talk about in soup is the fact that uh, there's a lot of pixelation on screen because they used real Hello Kitty dolls, and to avoid being sued, they obviously had to blur them out or pixel them out. In this movie. I'm not very familiar with the intricacies of what a Hello Kitty doll looks like. Uh-huh. I know when I see one, but clearly Human Porkchop did a design where they couldn't be sued right. because you see the dolls every time. Yeah, which in this film they put like a little X over the Hello Kitty mouth. That was it, wasn't it? Yeah. Because I saw like I think the mouth is different. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, it, they put an X over it. What my girlfriend has plenty of um, Hello Kitty dolls. Hey, honey, honey, can you come in and check this for me? What's she doing? She didn't crap. No, no, no. Look at the doll. Look at the doll. <laughs> no, the doll. Not the feces. The doll. It's hot. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah, that was the big change, and I guess it was enough. Yeah, that you know, that's clever because I think the design still evokes mm-hmm. Hello Kitty. Everybody who knows the facts kind of like reacts to it, so it's not like they put a Garfield doll in there instead. Mm-hmm. Because if you would have uh, Paws Inc. and Jim Davis, uh, they wouldn't have batted, batted an eyelid about that stuff because Garfield has been featured about two dozen times in Hong Kong movies. Mm-hmm. And visibly too, you know. You remember Love on Delivery? Stephen Chow goes out in a not a Garfield whole suit, but he goes out in a Garfield mask and kind of fights crime. <laughs> so it's not like in the fucking background or anything. It's like I'm, this is Garfield. In Garfield phones, big time. Yeah, exactly. So I think Paws Inc. If they ever knew about it, I think they had a relaxed stance about it all. But not the Hello Kitty Corporation or whatever they're called. Hello Kitty Inc. Exactly, might, might as well be. So, uh, so, so the cannibal angle is kind of um, vague to me. But mm-hmm. here's the—I mean, we're going through the whole movie because we spoil it all. But here's the <laughs> fucking stupidest thing ever. At the tail end, there's that age-old fictional text like, uh, "All characters and events in this movie were fictitious, <laughs> not <laughs> not connected to any reality at all." Like, really? <laughs> Are you? St- I mean, the character names was probably changed, but the events are true. <laughs> and Hong Kong movies never do this stuff, you know. Uh, not, not at that point, anyway. Probably at the tail end of the credits, but n- no, it's true. It's not fictional. <laughs> it's just, I guess, a way to get out of from being sued in any way. I don't know. Poss- possibly, yeah. So I was like, this is two thousand one, I guess, is the mentality. Yeah. Like, so it might as well just be a, 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 a fuck up of some kind. Like, you're gonna. Sup- you are supposed to put that thing in the credits, right? Yeah, somewhere. We'll put it there. Right, yeah, right, the, right, at the, right at the beginning of the credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. cut print, move it up. Um, so that's uh, I, I recommend it if you can stand it. I mean, if you have a strong stomach, it, this is one of those movies where I kind of think you do need to um, uh, be prepared to uh, for something very real and dramatic, and uh, and uh, you're not going to be let out, out of it easy as other Hong Kong movies of this kind. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you thought the untold story was disturbing, I think this is more disturbing As do I. because uh, the way it, it's even uh, there's an even mood from, mm-hmm. for better or worse. So, uh, uh, but uh, the, the movie obviously uh, say at the very tail end uh, that uh, guys were caught and all of that, but it does so in a kind of fast fashion. Like, yeah, uh, which is very distracting. <laughs> It's one of those, like, we gotta do this, and they, that usually happens on fictional movies that they say, like in Writing Wrongs, you know, there's um, there's um, some other versions uh, of Writing Wrongs, like uh, the Above the Law edit has Yoon Byu getting caught at the end, uh, while other edits show him dying. Uh, so, um, and other edits show a text on screen that uh, 
whilst he's dying at the end of that movie, he still was caught <laughs> later on. So they so they do it. They inject it into movies quite sloppily, just because they need to for other markets. But here, we know we know that happened, but it still feels sloppily edited in. Right. You know? It's 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 even worse, I think, in Secret in My Soup. But yeah, it's like. Oh yeah! By the way, ever this guy. Got <laughs> the end. Bye. Well, well, it's over. Thankfully, it was, <laughs> oh, yeah. it was so fast and secret in my soup. I had to like rewind it and like just to read it. Like the <laughs> subtitles passed by so quick. It's a ten-second clip in that movie. It was like, by the way, there was something. Oh, squirrel! <laughs> you know what? Uh, what? Uh, oh. What? what what happened? <laughs> so, um, but but that that's soup. We're going to talk about that in a bit. But uh, before I do contact information, any random notes about the film, beginning, middle, end that you want to talk to us about, Joshua? Mm, no, not really. Just other than Emily Kwan puts in an amazing performance, and uh, it's a uh, it's a tough movie. But you know, if you got the balls, jump on board. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll, you'll, you'll get a quote on the next DVD. Hell Booyah. yeah. Booyah. Booyah. You <laughs> all know what that means. I have no idea, but it sounds good. Alrighty. Uh, Winston had uh, distribution rights on Hong Kong DVD. That's the one we watched. Uh, bought it very cheap uh, once upon a time. And it's a decent looking widescreen version with optional subtitles. And uh, uh, fortunately, it's a, it's a disc that's now out of print. So search for used copies on eBay or if worse comes to us check uh, torn sites but I, I rather you know like their DVD release of this it looks uh, good it was before they adopted anamorphic widescreen on Hong Kong DVD but still I, it's um, and there was never a laser disc of this because it's uh, too recent for a laser disc yeah. uh, but it's, uh, it's very good and the subtitles aren't, aren't laugh, uh, not laughable at all I mean it's, uh, it's a decent translation it seems like in all of that so <clears throat> it's the usual you know Funny, f- funny wording of uh, you know taking a shit that uh, pops up in this one. I think stooling, stooling makes an appearance yes. in this one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've seen stooling a few times. As as with I love Miss Fox, I've never seen dunging <laughs> before in terms of uh, translations on uh, on movies. So I love Miss Fox is uh, the reigning champion of dunging. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, this is the reigning champion of eating dung. Oh, yes, indeed it do. And on that note, there's a musical break coming up, and after that, we will talk about there is a secret in my soup, starring for a little bit Michael Aya Wong. So, I've stopped calling him Michael Fitzgerald Wong. He's Michael Aya Wong, and, uh, and and that's a reference to I'm your birthday cake, but whatever. Uh, see you after break. Welcome back, and we are going to conclude with the other movie based on the same crime, released on the same day. <laughs> that's, that's fun. That's funny. Uh, like, maybe they tried to sabotage each, each other's screenings, I don't know, but uh, they, they were not high budget productions, I don't think anyone cared. Yeah. Other than making a little bit of buck. Uh, but it's called There Is a Secret in My Soup, and it's from 2001. And plot 
is the same as Human Pork Chop, as it's based on the same crimes and beats of the crime, with the murder victim now called in this movie Maggie, played by Cherry Chan, which uh, is an infrequent actress, mo- actress mostly in these movies, last being the sexy dragon in, in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> It's not your grandpa's dragon in anymore. It's sexy dragon in, motherfucker. <laughs> it's like it's in between goodbye dragon in and dragon in. It's the sexy oh yeah, dragon. I think it's a bit different than goodbye dragon in. <laughs> All they do is uh, have sex through the whole movie instead. I think yeah, it's probably shot on video. I was, uh, I suppose, it's just from that era where they shot a lot of this stuff on video. Uh, Wayne Lai is ex- exchanged for Hugo mm, of uh, Brother of Darkness and Bloody Bones fame playing Rocky, brother Rocky. And the rest are an anonymous bunch of uh, anonymous bunch of yawn-inducing actors. But on the, on the flip side, on the flip side, the cop interrogating and investigating oh, is, 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 who is it, Joshua? Michael! Yeah! <laughs> Who's unfortunately dubbed by someone else. Oh, yeah. That's a- Boy, is he ever dubbed by <laughs> someone else. <laughs> Dear Lord, but well, we, I think we'll discuss a fair bit about that because Michael Wong, we love Michael Wong. I love him. It's no, it's no joke. Mm-hmm. I actually love the guy. I respect him too. Love the guy. Love him. Love him. Want to marry me? <laughs> right now. Forget the job, man. Fuck it. <laughs> Get out of the bed, Michael. Come here. Whoa. Uh, but anyway, background. Uh, we can't telling you any more background we've done so already it's the same because it's based on the same crime but we thought we'd share a review from elsewhere mm-hmm. uh, for once to first to set the tone for there is a secret in my soup from hkmdb user diogenes with the subject heading how did i watch that well i, I can explain how you watch that if you if you want to be technical about that but okay <laughs> it's one of these reviews uh the quote the, this movie is only memorable as it is the worst movie I've ever seen. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Straight up. Harsh. Yeah. No. I, I suggest not having lunch before watching this one. It caused my roommate, misspelled, to leave the room halfway through to avoid watching the rest. It's like, not because of nausea, just because it's bad, it's bad. <laughs> I don't want to see it. Uh, further on, I suggest this only if you want to see the most horrible plotless grotesque movie out there that's kind of harsh it's not that grotesque I've seen worse have you seen Human Pork Chop any movie with 18 minutes of porn thrown into it to make it lengthwise it's actually the sentence but I I like the term lengthwise Lengthwise. 18 minutes of porn lengthwise I spent much of that time fast forwarding waiting for it to get back to the meaningless plot it's horrible that this is based on a true story too and in capitals avoid this movie grade 0 out of 10 Wow, that's hard. <laughs> that is harsh. I would disagree on a fair few points, but I think he's onto something. It, it's <laughs> two as well. That uh, review made me want to see the movie so bad, though. Indeed, indeed. And 83 <laughs> minutes later, I gave it a 2 out of 10, if i got to be fair. You know, because 2, it has something. Yeah. But not a lot. Not a lot. Uh, not a lot. It had 18 minutes of porn. <laughs> and Michael Wong. And Michael Wong. I mean, he, he forgot the Michael Wong fact. Uh, oh yeah, but what a what a 
<laughs> to that review. <laughs> Not a proper review. Anyway, directed by Young Chi Kin, and uh, we've covered one of this director's movies on this weekend's list as Young directed by Amy Yip hosts drama China Dolls from 1992. And that was a pretty decent movie, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Good little like drama. A lot, yeah. Uh, and he also directed uh, Veronica Yip in Pretty Woman with the classic long bath and shower scene and as well as action and gunplay and rapes and dopey office comedy a Hong Kong movie oh that sounds about right um, so and Soup there is a secret in my soup was the third out of the bunch and the last Young Chi Kin never directed again wow <laughs> It's like he started off well, and then uh, then when he made Secret in My Soup, everybody's always like, fuck that, he's not getting a camera again. You're out! <laughs> That's it. Uh, so, uh, in all honesty, what would you, uh, your bite-sized opinion and your grade, if we were going to talk grades for once, you know, out of ten, out of 10. And, your, and your brief opinion? Ugh. I don't know. I'm just. I'm maybe. I don't know. I'd probably be a little bit more lenient and probably lean towards like three out of ten. You know, only because I don't know. I'm just, We're not friends anymore, Joshua. <laughs> I'm just a nice guy like that. I don't know. I'd just be like, oh well, they tried their hardest. You know. Um. Yeah. Try their hardest exploiting a real life crime. <laughs> yeah, like they're doing something actually like nice or what have you. It's not like a like a housewife or something, you know. They they do their best, you well, know. Okay, 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 they do their best. <laughs> That's actually me. That's like you know. Well, you get an A for effort, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, what do I think of Secret in My Soup? I th- Good or crap? I mean, just be bite sized about it. Yeah. Bite sized, okay. Um, super rushed and super rushed. I see what you did there. Garbage. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. That's harsh. You know, you know, when exploitation filmmakers aren't into their shit, it turns shit. Right. I mean, I mean, it's exactly that. That, that that's my very like honest, uh, critical it. view yeah. of it. You know, and 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 I say that as a, an exploitation and gore fan. You know, I'm mm. I have I can tolerate a lot. Right. Uh, and there's a few minutes of erotic and nuttiness and effective exploitation here, but still, there's a 2 out of 10 grade for this one. No 2 as well. And 1, I think, you can give to Michael Wong. <laughs> you know, 1, you know. <laughs> you know, he deserves a 1 just for oh, being... yeah, he's so. Michael Wong, that's right. So, uh, we, we, we'll talk about Michael Wong. It, it, review and all of that. If they would not have dubbed his voice... Where do you think? Would, would you have gave it a three at least? Oh, an, an eight. An eight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so. <laughs> it's like you might as well not even have him in here. <laughs> because uh, it was be so would be so lovely to hear his Cantonese slash English while he's interrogating yeah. the, the suspects, and he's in the movie for ten minutes. People, it's not the uh, right. story. Right. Right. I mean, so he's in the movie as much as the other cops in the other movies uh, mm-hmm. were, uh, and those actors I didn't recognize. That's uh, why I didn't speak of them as such because. Uh, uh, I wanted to give um, the fo- focus on the cops deserved to uh, be placed I into this. I can't even remember who the cop was in uh, the other film. Also, man and a woman. And, oh, yeah. and, I mean, they looked apart. It was fine. It was yeah. fine, I suppose. But okay, this is from Matrix Productions. Uh, I've seen a few Matrix Productions, but mainly low budget, category free stuff of this era. I think maybe Naked Poison was one of those. But you know what? Na- Naked Poison was really good. Uh, 
Uh, I think, God help me, was it Cash Chin who directed that? Uh, but regardless, Samuel Lung stars in it. It's pretty good, actually. But they also shot a lot of boring uh, on-video uh, bore fests, despite boobies being in there. You know, it's, it was nothing. Uh, it was nothing exciting as such. So it's, it's one of those low-budget companies trying to get by and produce. Uh, market you know stuff that the market wants but uh, i remember one of the movies they possibly made was just too damn long it was like two hours and not a lot of sex within it what i mean says what two hours and no sex <laughs> so it might have been naked poison 2 which is no not related and it's actually a riff on uh, memento <laughs> no, no less memento which is and mark chang is in is i suppose it's tolerable but i remember that was long way too long uh, but there you go. Um, I, I, I true, truly don't care for the Matrix production company, as a matter of fact. But I recognized it, so I made one minute of research in my head, <laughs> and uh, that was that. Uh, this movie um, doesn't desi- redesign the Hello Kitty doll, and I wonder uh, be- because therefore every scene with it, and it's in every, every scene. scene it seems because <laughs> that pixelation you know, stands out like like a read about it obviously they didn't want to risk any recognition so it's huge pixelation rather than tiny tiny microscopic pixelation right where you can still make out that it's something back there but uh, i wonder if it was just um, an insistence from them no 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 we're keeping it real <laughs> no it was or, probably just like i'm not gonna sit there and pay somebody to sew an x on its mouth or whatever so it's like We'll just do it in uh, post-production. Yeah, Down and that. Uh, that they did. So, uh, I mean, they, they, they had to, obviously. Uh, so um, It looks um, like a cheap Hello Kitty doll, too. I mean, you, you, it's pixelated, mind you, but, like, the bigger one or whatever that has a really weird body shape to it. And Hello Kitty, you know, is usually a big head, small body. This thing had, like, a big body. So, I don't know. I mean, they probably had, like, a bootleg Hello Kitty on set that they sat there and went and pixelated out after the mm. fact mm. yeah it, it is really to uh, those square uh, re- rectangles uh, rather they they block the actors too as well so it's mm-hmm. not it's it, they, they cover a lot and then some too so uh uh, but it's not like Thai censorship or anything. If you've seen examples of uh, Thai censorship where they just put huge black circles on top of stuff, <laughs> no, I've so, not. so it's uh, crazy. Um, you can barely see the English title when it appears on screen. Like, what is that? There is a shift. Oh, it's gone. And you can barely see it on the posters as well. So it's like one of those. It's okay. a secret, Ken. You can't just tell everybody. God. I thought on the poster it said roof instead of soup. <laughs> I read it quickly. There's a secret, There's a secret on, on my roof. <laughs> that's a different I'm movie. <laughs> Got to check up there. That's like the that's like the uh, Hong Kong title for like Hangover or something. Mm-hmm. Get the reverence, yeah. guys on the roof. Yeah. The whole movie, huh? uh, whatever. Uh, whatever. Get it? You get it, Ken? Yeah. I don't like the Hangover. Don't want to talk about. Wait, <laughs> uh, wait. I want to talk Michael Wong, and it's a. Uh, you know, I, I was looking forward to it mostly based on him, and maybe if Hugo put in some kind of professional performance right. because he's a professional actor, and I, I like that Michael Wong is in it, and I can get on board if you dub him in Cantonese, uh, you know, s- sufficiently. And I'm not, I'm not talking sync issues here, sync into her mouth, but I'm talking like I, I can live with someone who sounds like a human at least. <laughs> but the guy they did. Oh my lord, the guy they brought in to dub Michael Wong, who has a really dark voice and sounds like a brute. <laughs> that 
I've seen mismatches. I've seen mismatches. This was beyond that, you know. Wow. And I don't like it. It's not funny that they picked it that way. I kind of felt um, offended on Michael's part. <laughs> on Michael's part. You were offended for Michael. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, it's not like he's got he's acting lit uh, lit the scene on uh, screen on fire or anything. It's a cop role. He brought, brought in for like a day or two, I suppose, yeah. to shoot these scenes. Uh, but man, I would have loved to hear him because M- Michael's voice is uh, wonderful, and I think he's resigned to the fact that he's uh, probably not going to learn. Chinese or Cantonese uh, uh, to to a comfortable level where he can stop mixing in several sentences of English because it's American Chinese I suppose mm-hmm. uh, and, and and that's fine I mean Michael I, I think Michael for he's done a lot of movies so maybe there's only like four five six movies that are really memorable but they are really memorable I love when especially when he is on board to send up his the perception of him mm-hmm. including the perception that he does flip-flop between English and Cantonese um, you know there's a movie called The Case the Case of the Cold Fish where he arrives as this cop to this island with lazy lazy, uh, lazy cops and uh, there's a murder mystery and they do make fun of him for that lack of Cantonese but he's on board with that you know he's a, he's a sport and uh, they shot that movie in Sync Sound as well and you see Nam Your Birthday Cake playing a really flamboyantly gay character um, who in English says there's no woman who can make me hard <laughs> By the end of the movie, when Ching Miao has done her thing, uh, in particular towards another character, mm-hmm. he feels a little bit of something as well. Ooh. Ching Miao. I mean, yeah. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, birthday cake is great. I mean, and, and there are movies, obviously, where his voice is not in there, and the movies are really great. I was reminded of a movie called Fatal Love, a Category 3 thriller. Really vicious movie. Really vicious movie. Michael Wong is in it, and there's someone else dubbing him. That's fine. That's obviously very fine as long as the movie is great and all of that. Uh, uh, but but he, his voice is uh, magic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm being funny about it, but I think he has a wonderful voice. It's not a, a hugely manly voice or anything. No. It's a quite, uh, it's quite, it's not high pitched, but it is a lighter voice. But I, I combine with the, the fact that I like hearing his voice. I like a fair few performances by him. I like seeing him him in movies. Uh, uh, and the fact that he plays a saxophone, I think he can uh, uh, drive a helicopter. Is that what you say? Do you drive a helicopter? Fly, fly a helicopter. Uh, uh, you know, he's kind of multi-talented and a uh, good-looking guy. And I mean, if I, I, I kind of get on the defense, I suppose, yeah. when talking about Michael Wong. And, uh, you know, he's in Mad Stylist as well. Holy hell, we're going to cover that as well. He sings Diana with Ken Cheng. <laughs> Uh, it was in the log with Ken Cheng really good cop drama there's tons of great Michael Wong movies so get over the fact that he flip flops and just enjoy him going at it knowing his kind of limited sets uh, limited acting skills I think he knows all about that and watch him be sincere yeah. about his work get because god damn it he is yeah get down with Wong <laughs> so I don't know that's my love letter to Michael Wong what do you want to say about Michael uh, I mean geez, what else can I say He's a uh, he's great. I, I I dig him. I dig his style. I dig the fact that uh, he doesn't care. And uh, I mean, what was a recent movie with that hilarious scream? Oh, his, because they always played that on the east screen, west screen. Like, <laughs> don't know. is that from Nightfall? I'm not sure. Uh, it's a recent movie. I overheard an out Nightfall or something like that. Nightfall but... is like uh, I think it's name. Double check. Make sure that's the name. I have the Blu-ray over here. Yeah, Nightfall with the 
with him in it and like Simon Sim- Yam and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, he plays <laughs> <laughs> he, he plays like this um the this concert uh, pianist or whatever. And um his daughter is like he's kind of got like this weird uh, incestuous relationship with his daughter in it. And oh, yeah. um, like he's like looking after her and stuff and like he he flip flops a lot in that but mostly it's English and he's like mm-hmm. you know what are you a whore you <laughs> these boys are all after you <laughs> he's like freaking out through the whole movie like in all the scenes it's great see it. he's in Cold War as well somewhere that's a- someone called York Zang. Keep an eye on uh, Netflix because that's a Welgo USA title. Nightfall will probably be popping up on Netflix shortly, yeah. I'm sure. Did, did you spot him in Cold War? Because um... oh, I haven't seen. Oh, oh, because I look at was it that the Johnny Toe? No, it's not a the Johnny Toe movie. No, Johnny Toe's Drug War. Ah, that's it. Yeah, Cold. Are you seen Cold War? I'm seeing that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Based on nothing. <laughs> it's an Aaron Quark. I don't Quark watch a lot of, uh, recent movies, but if it's got uh, Michael Wong, I'm watching it. it. It's the big Aaron Quark, Tony Long movie. I think it won Best Picture this year. So mm. it's uh, it's not a tiny little uh, There's a Secret in My Soup type of uh, production. Or no, it's not? <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. He's in a movie called Could You Kill My Husband, Please? <laughs> Wonderful title. Wonderful title. <laughs> and this concludes the Michael Wong hour. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna set you up with uh, the case of the cold fish um, mm-hmm. if you can't find it because it is a great comedy directed by Jamie Look uh, who did Robotrix. Yeah. Oh. So it's one of his uh, great, great movies that he directed. Really fun and quirky, um, sync sound uh, comedy. I'm really you interested know, and, uh, in uh, Amy Birthday Cake too. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. A double bill between those would be suitable. And Fatal Love. And uh, There is a Secret in My Soup. And uh, Nightfall. And are we still doing a double bill? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, still double. It's, it's uh, doubled. It was two movies at first, now it's four. So, uh, yeah, so Michael isn't in it. There is a Secret in My Soup a lot of time. But, uh, uh, God, I just hope. I just wish they'd matched his dub sufficiently. But it really runs through the movie. The movie's not movie's not dubbed well. The sound effects are not well done. It looks flat as hell, and uh, it's, it really reeks of fast, fast, fast. Do it fast, fast. Yeah. But but back in the day, they did movies fast, and they still did, did sufficient dubbing and sufficient sound effects. This is like yeah. a weekend shoot. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, like they started on Friday and finished on Sunday. It seems like. Mm-hmm. And the only scenes they put effort in uh, are the um, the two erotica scenes that will uh, that will get to re- rest has no effort. Um, <laughs> but they, they 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 echo the cannibal angle a little bit more. They 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 suggest that her meat is out there on the streets because there's these like fetish like fetish close-ups of people eating, um, you know, meat from uh, you know uh, fast food stands on the street at the beginning of the film. Mm. It's like uh, okay, okay, fine, <laughs> getting your kicks watching Chris I suppose yeah, is this untold fun. story 4 <laughs> um, but um, you know this, um, uh, that's not a sign of effort on director Jung's uh, behalf and, and, and really you, you know if you didn't know up until that point that the movie is going to be disappointing when you see the Joe counterpart uh, Yip Sai Wing in Human Porkchop and the Joe actor here he has a full on English name only he's called Gabriel Harrison Oh dear lord, what an over the top actor. <laughs> I, I act with my eyes! Oh, his whole face, man. Like, especially when he pretends to be stoned. Mm. Oh god. They all are really bad actors when it comes mm. to that. 
I mean, no, no one comes off as truly chilling here, which is no. what the story dictates. Uh, so, you you know, 83 minutes, yeah, but you're in for a ride here. <laughs> not necessarily, like, a fairly enjoyable one. It's all manic performances of, like, you know, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, hey, we're going to show you, <laughs> you know, like, oh, God. I mean, Hugo, by far, is the most professional actor That's here, and he, ha- he has his moments, but... Uh, um, not enough to rival Wayne Ly or anything, but uh, you know you can clearly separate who's the professional here and who's not. Yeah, I mean he's better. He's got more to work with here than in Bloody Bonds. Let's just say that. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, uh, he isn't asked to mimic an entire performance, <laughs> you know, like in Bloody Bonds, you know, because mm-hmm. he was asked to be Anthony Wong, and you know? that's like yeah, really unfair to an actor. I guess he did okay for that, you know. Mm. But but he, here's the problem for Soup. Uh, and I don't know if you agree with me or not. Well, you probably do. Okay, here's uh, one of the problems. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, well, well, I, I'll stay. I'll stay two really quick, uh, quick points here. Uh, the what the gritty look that they attempt is just flat and boring. Mm-hmm. And uh, but here's the main problem: filmmakers, the filmmakers here are tired themselves of retelling this case uh, shortly into the production. Mm. It's like yes, it happened. Whatever. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because there's no drive here by anyone to, like, make it felt. No. No. I mean, it's almost as if they think, okay, if we just put all this stuff on the on the screen, you know, everybody's going to get get it, you know? Everybody's just going to sit there and fall in line with it. The audience is going to sit there and believe it, and, you know, we don't really have to do anything. Yeah, there's a lot of line-up direction, you know, where, just, uh, where they have a camera shooting, you know, the actors uh, doing the thing for an extended time almost. So mm-hmm. there's no, like, real direction here. Um, and, and again, the dubbing is poor, and the cheap sound effects when they, you know, <laughs> p- p- uh, hit, her, hit her and, uh, you know, beat her up while she's on the floor. Like, it's really pasted on sound effects. So Matrix yeah. weren't, yeah. weren't uh, working with a great, <laughs> you know, effects library or anything, but... Uh, uh, but it is shot on film. It barely looks like it's shot on film, but it is. So you know, you, ha- you have that going for it. Mm. But it looks uh, looks too clean in design as well. It looks way too clean. They they just made it the gritty flat a little bit uh, grimy here and there. Put some Christmas lights on the wall. <laughs> Did you notice that? No, <laughs> there in a lot not. of shots, like like the Christmas lights over the sofa, like this, um, like uh, seven or eight different colors and stuff. So yeah. So there's nothing here. There is one funny scene, at least. Uh, did you do a note of the subtitles that you liked? Uh, the only one I wrote down was "You women must be beaten up." <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. But I was... No, that could be anywhere in the movie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the 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 few bright spots here is uh, one of them. Is uh, uh, when uh, Maggie, in this uh, case. Uh, is forced into prostitution by Rocky, uh, her first client. You know she kind of fails at being a good, yeah. you know, good prostitute, and uh, so uh, because it's kind of um, and, and th- th- that scene turns kind of real and gross as well. Yeah, that's like a good way, but also funny as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy uses a, a, a spray to get him hard again, like a, I suppose a Viagra type <laughs> These of spray. Things exist in Hong Kong, you know. Uh, apparently they do. Yeah. Um, so and uh, but but she's disgusted overall to be in this predicament, you know. And uh, it leads to five minutes, and he finished early. So yeah, he wants to go again. <laughs> but uh, so he storms out, and he says, you know, in Chinese, you know, in and then in the uh, su- uh, subtitles, go home to do handjob. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, yeah. that was funny. I mean, I, I know what the dialogue was. It was not supposed to be comedic or anything. It's just like he's saying, "I'm gonna go home and jerk off." This is crap. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's still kind of funny too to me. Go, know. go home to do hand. Go home to do hand job. It's like if you send a naughty kid home, you know, go home and do hand. <laughs> do hand job. <laughs> what? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So, um, but uh, okay. Admittedly, uh, before it turns really bizarre, the 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 two uh, sexual scenes here shows Young Shikin kind of knowing how to shoot a rotty gate. Yeah. It's not too bad. It's not too. Nah, bad. I even made a note, like you know, when that first scene by the. By the time that first scene comes up with Joe and everything like that, which, know, which is just him for context's sake, is him just uh, uh, smoking dope with his girlfriend and having sexy time, right? You know, in, in a garage. And you know, it teases and stuff like that. It teases that oh, this guy might be dangerous. Like he's pouring some substance over her, which I mean, Oreo, I think, huh? Motorola, I think. Motorola. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. I was like, is that gasoline or what? <laughs> I have no idea. You know, but it. it it teases it, and they're smoking while they're doing it, you know. Mm. Like what the fuck, you know. But anyway, you know, like that that whole sequence like teases, kind of like, oh, this guy's maybe dangerous. Oh, he's doing this. Oh, he pulls out a drill at one point. You know, the whole scene kind of like keeps going back and forth. Is he gonna kill this girl? No, he doesn't kill the girl. Oh, is he gonna kill her now? No, he's not gonna kill. Her. You know, it kind of toys with that, and you know, that works. And the scene is like, you know, lit properly, and it it actually. Um, has a lot going for it. So, like, at that point in the movie, I was like, okay, well, maybe this is going to be uh, kind of professional. Then they have, like, two or three scenes in the same freaking mall, freaking food court. And that, that whole scene with uh, Gabriel and uh, the girl, uh, um, Gabriel Harrison, uh, it gets less sexy when the vacuum comes out oh, because he, he's so stoned that he thinks, like, I'm going to vacuum off the cloth that he, that like, the little <laughs> fucking uh, dirty cloths that he put on her. He's going to vacuum them off. Yeah, I think, like... I thought it was like pull, pull them from a bucket or something <laughs> yeah, and dirty cloths and put on her and she was still like kind of into it and like <laughs> caressing herself but then he brought out the compressed air and started like you know blowing yeah. compressed air on her nipples so it's not like okay now it's just not sexy anymore yeah, it's, it's just like stone two stoners like oh is this hot <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> and it's gotten gratuitous at that point too because it's like okay one thing to the next to the next to the mm. next yeah, I was like, move on, move on. And yeah, this, maybe this is nine minutes of porn and the other scene with them oh, is the other nine minutes that the, the review mentioned. It is. Uh, but, it, but it is filler. It is filler. No two ways about it. Uh, we'll get to the second scene between them. And our problem here is, okay, if we're going to compare with something, we've already mentioned Bloody Buns, so we might as well do it again. <laughs> it's not Bloody Buns terrible, but it's pretty tired despite. And here's also a main problem. The main character of Maggie... It's very anonymous. Uh, within this, w- when they had all the characters in the scene, I was like, "Who is she? Where is she?" And the only way I recognized her is when they started to beat her up. Yep, man. I... And that, and that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing when you can't extract your actress and kind of connect to her dramatically. That's not 100% a good thing. True, that is. Like I, I had, I lost her as well <laughs> until, mm. until the torture sequences like kind of go forward or what have you. Mm. But yeah. It, I don't blame her solely, though. I mean, no one has given any true guidance here. It's not a good script it's, backing it up. Or... It's yeah. It's there's no scenes of us actually getting to know her. You know, like Emily Kwan was in, uh, you know, Human Pork Chop. You know, mm. the sequences, the flashbacks, which you know are very similar. Actually, well, similar 
in tone, I guess, to like the ones that we get in uh, Human Pork Chop, with her going back to her family and everything. All that stuff comes a bit too late in the film, mm. you know? And it just takes forever to get inside the apartment and, you know, get into that zone, you know? And, and she looks, uh, you know, compared to, and this is maybe unfair, but I, I prefer the look of Emily Kwan <laughs> being a little more plain. Uh, this girl is gorgeous, obviously. Right. So I, I, I couldn't really connect to her. Uh, yeah, she's incredibly sexy and all of that. But, uh, you know, I'll give her props for some romantic moments. They're, they're in that scene with the flashback to uh, her living with her uh, fiancé or husband and uh, and his mother when they're talking about her behind her back and she hears it. There's a nice little zoom in towards her as she's holding her baby and you can see her actually uh, crying in this right. scene. But, but not just looking and taking it in and unfortunately, you know, being the victim of uh, that verbal abuse behind her back. Mm-hmm. Not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, so It's one a, moment in the film that kind of sticks out as being anything like it indicative of uh, you know, building a character mm, exactly um, so the garage sexapades uh, part 2 happens and uh, by this point Jesus. Gabriel Harrison's character is so out of his mind that you know he um, she's into it for a bit then he brings out the electrodes and wants to, at- wants to attach them onto her nipples and that's when she bails yeah I and mean, not just like you know like, not the kind of stuff I guess you buy at a sex shop he's like literally wanting to use uh it's a, it's the, it's jumper, jumper cables. cables. <laughs> Could you imagine putting jumper cables on your nipples? No. Jesus. And uh, big, that's when she uh, bails too. That looks sharp. Yes, <laughs> We're probably in a real garage too. So oh, yeah. it would have been. Uh, and I love the subtitles. His reasoning is this brings the real feeling. <laughs> and I say it like if you think of his eyes. Yeah, like, that's the way this he's brings acting. the real feeling. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> and she <laughs> and that, that, that is hilarious. It leads into like uh, a really extra um, extended scenes of torture, yeah. which is, to be fair, uh, an incredibly poor torture scene. <laughs> but at the same time, they hit a few really effective nasty points that, were, that make you go, "Oh man, that was nasty." Yeah, this is like the ten-minute sequence or whatever. It's pretty goddamn long. They, they com- yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it starts with uh, them, um, you know, uh, he, he's drunk and stoned out of his mind and frustrated, so he's going to take it out on her, unfortunately. So they force feed her this mix of salt and curry and soy sauce, and, uh, you know, it starts... Um, in, and therefore, you know, the actress, Cherry Chan, gets to take part in this method, you know, for good or worse. You know, they don't fake a lot of that stuff. They, they force-feed her something, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but it's still a lot of line-up direction and over-the-top acting that doesn't work. You know, you, you mentioned that, that over-the-top, like, psychotic acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shot in this fisheye lens kind of way with wide-eyed acting as well. It doesn't oh, work. But, but, but as you said, the cheese grinder. Yeah. Uh, t- talk about that detail. It might have been a real detail. Who knows? Um. Yeah. Like the it, basically, it seems as if they took every like factual part of the case about the tortures and stuff like that, and included it all in like one sequence. Mm. You know, like that. That's where the other film was. Sh- you know, actually strong as opposed to this, where you know you were able to get sucked into it because there's so much torture and so much abuse over such an extended period of time that you know any sequence that deviates from that starts to lighten the mood a bit and then the next one can hit you again but you know this film is like you know okay here's 
10 minutes of, you know, this guy, you know, pouring mortar oil over this girl and everything like that. The sex sequence for no fucking reason whatsoever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> here's 10 minutes of that. Here's another uh, five minutes of them in a food court discussing what they're going to do. More sex, more food court. You know, finally the apartment. You know, here's torture, you know. Here's 10 minutes of it all at one go, and, you know, before long, the movie's over. That's the way the movie breaks down, for me, at least. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this sequence, they do the dripping game with the straw, and mm. then, yeah, the one thing that they kind of deviate from and does deliver something pretty nasty is the fact they pull out a cheese grater. Mm, and uh, the cheese grater is, uh, it's rough. They, they, they run it across her back. Right. And, uh, to, to be fair... Uh, it's shot in a clever way because they mm-hmm. pre-laid some makeup on her mm-hmm. and then obviously do the motion without uh, touching her back and you see for a brief split second you know obviously uh, the after effects of that. Right. that that's pretty goddamn effective yeah I'll say. it is and it's uh, the, the excruciating look on her face helps you know Yeah. so I mean that sequence you know is like Ugh, that's the one thing in the movie kind of makes you go eee, it's mm. a bit much and, uh, and and they do a shit they do a shit eating scene in this one as well. Only they only they ask like the fourteen year old girlfriend, if you will, to bring turds out of the toilet. Apparently, well, uh, it's and, insane. And, oh, what was it? It's insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. Hey, didn't you say that the toilet was uh, stuffed up? And uh, yeah, the girl goes and she comes back with like it looks like uh, I don't know, man, like a a paint roller like little tray they looked light they didn't look brown <laughs> and then but, uh, and then, white. and then it's covered with like black plastic and yeah. she has a you know a spoon to dig the poop out and everything it's like they they ah, it's just so lazy of filmmaking they couldn't have went yeah. to the toilet you know they couldn't have dragged her through the apartment and went the, you know what i'm saying it's going to serve it to you right yeah we're going <laughs> to yeah. bring the the shit to you because and, uh, we don't want and, another and, set yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that might have been the very, very reason. I, I, I can imagine that. Uh, I think they shot something akin to her showing, uh, showing it in her mouth or near her mouth. But regardless, that is also cut, cut by the Hong Kong censors. Yeah. Uh, there's a big audio jump in this scene. Like, kind of two, I think. So uh, not a lot of is left because uh, it, it's pretty strong stuff, to be honest. It's not uh, censors being over sens- sensitive or anything. Um, yeah, but this is not the 120 Days of Sodom, you know. Not really. So. No, no. Not as high art. As no, <laughs> certainly not. No. Uh, but um, you know, and 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 then Young Shikin director kind of does get you for an ever so slightly uh, for a short moment when they um, they uh, demand her to sit in the cupboard and then they leave and mm-hmm. then there's a short zoom in with her sitting in the cupboard, in the cupboard just staring blankly and being sad you know yeah. and that's like wow there is something here god damn it it would have been cool if there were some more skills akin to this right. because uh, then that actress that inexperienced actress might have you know grown in our eyes as well but uh, you know it's, uh, then, then, then that's that and uh, I wonder though and here's where we kind of will be, be discussing um, the different uh, takes on the case because I think some ca- some aspects of the case is was still kind of a, up in the air mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, in terms of maybe the character relationships uh, the torturers and all of that but they, they, there's some different dynamic here that I think Human pork chop simply simply left out because they wanted to uh, Rocky, uh, Hugo Un's character mm-hmm. is a low rent trial and he 
owes money to his big boss. Right. So you can see that it's not condensed in their little world. You know, he needs the money desperately yeah. that she stole. Uh, so, so there's a little bit of more character, and it kind of makes sense. I think that he 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 needs it desperately, not just based on principle alone. Yeah. And yeah, and that they did bring in the fact that like uh, the husband character of. Uh, Maggie's or whatever, you know, that whole thing that that was more, there was more of her home life in that, I guess, regard Mm -hmm. so, you know, you kind of got a hint of that, which, you know it could have been expounded on you know, could have learned more about it, but there was that you know, and drugs were less of a part of this movie which Mm -hmm. was kind of an odd choice Yeah, he has said because I assume you remember this uh, I want to tell about how there is a secret in my soup kind of depicts her death fucking weird <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like I have no idea like I mean in this movie I think to, we go from one of the beatings or whatever and uh, I think the last bit of torture or whatever is them like squirting her in her mouth with bong juice it looked like that, was that what they did I wasn't really sure what they did it was supposed there, to be a there. bong I think and like okay you know, and they had talked about her in, in this movie. She doesn't steal like their cocaine or whatever. She steals like hemp. That's what they say, at mm-hmm. least on the subtitles. So I assume that they're potheads in this movie. You know, so I don't know if if she dies from drinking bong juice or if she dies from like being one of the beatings. But yeah. regardless, the next day she's dead. Mm. And I, I guess this is the thing that they couldn't, you know, be the for John that mm-hmm. because no one probably knew uh, in the press anyway, uh, you know, the public mm-hmm. exactly the cause of death. So, so I suppose that's refreshing that the movies offer up uh, different takes on it. I suppose. Right. Uh, but uh, that's, <laughs> but this uh, one really that, doesn't that, give you an answer. Period. You know, no, no, no. they don't they don't take a, a opinion. They're just like, okay, she died somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, rats could have got her. But uh, you know the soul scene I liked is actually the dismemberment scene because it's played more realistically. Uh, these guys are idiots. Uh, in human pork chop, they bought you know something to wear for the blood to splash on yeah. and masks and uh, and uh, you know prepare the bathroom for dismemberment. And they were these all these guys very, are. I was going to say they're okay. very in the human pork chop. They're very uh, professional about it. You know? Exactly. These guys, and I, I actually like this, these guys are just um, now desperate and they smoke up just to get the urge to do it at all. Yeah. And it's clumsy dismemberment. And I really dig it. And there's a funny moment where they all chop at the same time. Yeah. Like, okay, okay, if you go, I go, and you go. So one, two, three, and they chop, 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 chop. chop, yeah. chop. Uh, and I actually thought that was kind of, you know, realistic because they, they, these are not, you know, uh, hitmen or yeah. calculated killers or anything. Yeah. Um, but but they do cook her eventually, and they feed it to the drug addict that appears twice in the movie. They feed the soup to him, oh. so there's a lot more emphasis on the cannibal angle here. Yeah. Uh, but it's not it's not like they were aiming to eat it or anything. Uh, I I don't no. know even why they fed the soup to him. I didn't get that him. either. Like other than the old man was there, and like you know, oh, you're cooking soup. I want some or something. I don't know. Mm. It's just... So, so that's that and then the movie ends really quickly they were sentenced to life imprisonment bye yep 10 seconds like a shot of a courthouse well, we, or, we get Michael Wong walking in the apartment or whatever and he sees the skull and like turns mm-hmm. towards the camera and goes you know oh 
You know, it's like like he's, mm. his, he's got a depressed look on his face. And then we get a shot of the courthouse, and ten seconds later, we're going to the credits. Yeah. That's it. I mean, again, we talked about it being pasted into Human Porkchop and other movies because of uh, them playing in the mainland, crime doesn't pay, that kind of angle must be emphasized. Here's like, you know, thank you, good night. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. And... Uh, we, which is kind of re- is a relief in a way <laughs> it's like thank you and good night <laughs> finally uh, but for 83 minutes I'm gonna be honest it's tolerable to watch mm-hmm. uh, some stretches do show glimpses plus being an exploitation fan like I am uh, you, you kind of stick with most movies uh, to just catch the glimpses I suppose yeah uh, so I, I don't regret watching it but uh, uh, man is it bad could have been 60 minutes and should have should have been yeah absolutely but then we wouldn't have Michael Wong of a sex scene, I suppose. Hmm. Oh no, more Michael Wong, less sex scene. No, sex scene with Michael Wong. <laughs> there you go. That's an idea. Yes. He goes home to his wife. Yeah, I think he's done a, that two or three times in his career. Actually, uh, uh, being in a category three movie and being naked with a lady oh. and her lady bits. Oh. <laughs> Michael. 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 <laughs> I think uh, maybe don't don't stop my crazy love for you might have been one such example. Wow, what a title! Or it's the Simon Yam uh, uh, movie where he stalks this uh, television reporter. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yes, it's an excellent movie, and uh, Michael Wong plays that television reporter's girlfriend. So now that I think of it, the actual scene in the movie is Simon Yam dressing up as Michael Wong during a costume party mm-hmm. and has sex with her, but she thinks it's Michael. Uh-oh. Gosp. <laughs> It's a, it's a fantastic little movie, actually. Um, um, also, something we got to bring up on the show because it, it, my, uh, Simon is fantastic as this uh, this psychotic peeper. Uh, he goes for it. Who'd and have uh, what's that? Is that who'd have thought? Yeah, yes. who'd have thought? Surprise! Yes. <laughs> uh, but he has one of the best uh, subtitles for a Hong Kong movie ever. Uh, you shot my dicky! How cruel you are! <laughs> that is pretty cruel. Who who do, who doesn't like uh, when you word uh, you know the male organ as Dicky in a very like tense situation during the end of the movie where she shoots him in the cock? <laughs> you shot my Dicky. <laughs> I was friends with it. I liked him. <laughs> so uh, what else? Uh, we'll get to that sometime. Any last words on soup, my friend? Oh my god! Thank God it's over. Hmm. And and out of it we got um, you know to know a pretty horrible case and to know. Uh, a good movie based on it yeah. one bad yeah so it's not too bad you know one out of two <laughs> you should be satisfied with that I suppose uh, as for DVD availability Universe has distribution rights on DVD it's in widescreen and subtitle and it's still in print this movie and it's probably damn cheap as well uh, so go get it if you want it <laughs> Uh, and it's one of those like it's optional subtitles in widescreen it's uh, absolutely sufficient for, for the price and all of that so don't expect a Blu-ray anytime soon. What? <laughs> 1080p high definition. We bring you the high definition experience of this. Dubbed like that. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, let's put this one to bed and talk about next time. Uh, since we've talked about this movie, this director, fair bit, we're gonna do more on director Cash Chinmankey. His English name is Cash. C-A-S-H yes. you know, no, no, toys, no toys about it We covered this movie Sex and Sand 2 
uh, on a previous episode 19 I believe but this kind of premium and premium and, and elite director of category 3 erotica fantasy comedy I mean he, he could do it all and very well and still does it well we're gonna cover two of his movies so for episode 23 we go back to the fruit is swelling from 1997 the category 3 version of the Tom Hanks movie big uh, starring a woman uh, in that role, uh, raped by an angel, Chu's Jane Chung, the, the sister of uh, Athena Chu's character that gets killed by the evil dentist. That's uh, Jane Chung. And she's in Sex and Sin 3 somewhere, but I don't remember. Uh, her parents are played by Elvis Choi and Kingdom Yun in The Fruity Swelling, so yay, yay. Double yay. And um, on the DVD, there's a multi angle sex scene to be talked of as well. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that that novelty in the beginning of the DVD? Oh, right? yeah. You can have multi-angles. Multi well, you, you guess, everybody guess what? Everybody gave up uh, very quickly. Well, Hong Kong DVD did it once at least. <laughs> One of the sex scenes in this movie, mid-movie, is uh, multi-angle. It's fantastic. God, is it boring that way. <laughs> because there's literally, you know, a, you know, just unedited shots, respectively. You know what I mean? um, He's humping her from this direction. He's humping her exactly. from that direction. And unfortunately, it's, it's with some kind of an anonymous characters rather than <laughs> Elvis Choi and Kingdom Young going man. at it. <laughs> so they missed, the, the, they missed an opportunity there. But the other movie, because we are going to do a tidy whitey theater next time as well, the other movie that we'll be looking at is very current. <gasps> current Category 3 cinema. 2011's The 33D Invader from oh, yeah. Cash Chin. Oh yeah. And Samuel Lung from, uh, the, from uh, There is a Secret in My Soup is... Uh, no, no, not the, from Human Porkchop. Is in this movie. What's it said? I've forgotten already which movie Samuel was in. It was the first one. It was the first one. Uh, Human Pork Shop. He's in it as well. Uh, and some familiar Hong Kong actors. Uh, but mainly it stars uh, Japanese actresses. So it should be fun. And it's gotten good reviews actually. As a kind of a movie that knows exactly what it is and it does it in a fun way. You know, no pretension whatsoever. You know, I'm a sex comedy. Hey. And we're gonna. And um, that isn't enough skill of course you gotta perform skill in delivering the fun and uh, the 33 D Invader has gotten good reviews based on yeah, and many have said exactly that so fun and uh, boobs fun and boobs fun, fun and in boobs and fun and boobs <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, almost sounded like I said like a porn uh, version of Puss in Boots oh. fun, fun and boobs <laughs> But, but the porn version will probably be like pussy in oh yeah, that'd be, yeah so whatever uh, but we are done for this episode uh, this uh, rather grimy grimy <laughs> disgusting episode and we talked about that movie as well yep uh, but uh, this is again this week's leads on the Podcast on Fire network website for this and the bonus episodes podcastonfire.com email podcastonfire at googlemail.com facebook facebook.com forward slash POF network join the discussion group type in podcast on fire network in the search box or follow the link on that page I said follow our tweets twitter.com forward slash podcast on fire follow my writing at sogoodreviews.com category free ninja exploitation Taiwanese black movies my movie wife somewhere in there as well Lucia Fan and my movie husband I suppose is Michael <laughs> <laughs> oh man no I'm an open guy I'm, hey, cool, with, I'm, I'm cool with whatever you know you can take it you know what I'm saying <laughs> and that is video reviewed that uh, 
love I suppose uh, for those two at sleazykradio.com and I tweet about that nonsense and music and what have you twitter.com forward slash so good reviews subscribe to us on iTunes uh, the Michael Wong thing is tickling me still. <laughs> I, I kill myself sometimes it's very horrible to laugh at your own <laughs> attempt at jokes but uh you know, fucking guys, that was funny. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Anyway, subscribe to us on iTunes and enjoy us that way. Download us to your iPod and your various devices. And if you like the show, please leave a little star rating and a little yay or nay like or dislike for Michael Wong in the comments section. How about that? A, a way to uh, start in uh, interactivity, you know. Uh, a, way, a, a way to start interactivity. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also stream us on Stitcher. Stitcher.com, uh, you can uh, listen to us uh, on the web, but uh, more conveniently, download the application for your iPhone, iPad, Android, or Blackberry. Search Podcast on Fire Network in the app, and you can add each show individually, including this week's list. So thank you for the support. And goddammit, buy some t shirts! Buy some fucking t shirts! From Brian Kirby, who's a sweetheart and, and an angel and a great designer, and uh, shelflifeclothing.com. Hit him up. Great guy. Barrett Celluloid, god damn it, plug your shit, Joshua. BarrettCelluloid.net, you sons of bitches. Read my porn reviews. <laughs> it's like a little bit of a Nazi here. Like, read now, Schnell! Schnell! Read it! But in all seriousness, you know, my peeps. Yep, continually, uh, not a podcast anymore currently, but a continual review archive. It keeps building and building and building and building. So, good, good on John and everybody, all the writers, including you, Joshua. Indeed, yeah. Okay, we are done. Let's stop the. I don't know. Well, let's stop the fucking for now. <laughs> or killing, and then, uh, as it was. And, and the killing. <laughs> finally, the killing has stopped. And the fooling and the dunging and uh, the dunging in faces and uh, oh. mouths and what have you. So, uh, but anyway, let's stop all that and thank you for listening and. Bye-bye.